What is popping, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Ben Wasserman Show. I believe this is episode 56. Let me check right now. Ben Wasserman Show on Apple Podcasts. Yes, it is. Episode 56. And this one is going to be a great, great episode because it is a victory Monday. It is a victory Monday for my New York Jets. And I'm sure for a lot of people who watch this, our New York Jets, I will get into the Jets game, break down each and every quarter, break down what I liked, what I didn't like. And there's a lot of positives and a lot of negatives, but a win is a win. So the overall big picture is a positive. I is a positive. I will get into the college football weekend. Yet another great, great, great college football weekend. The Oklahoma Sooners took down those. I'm not going to say anything bad. Took down the Texas Longhorns. I try to keep my language a little good. Um, my girlfriend and her family, big, big, big Oklahoma Sooner fans. So I have kind of jumped on the ship a little bit. It is my honorary second team. So that was an amazing time. Louisville took down Notre Dame. Alabama went into College Station and showed Texas A&M that Alabama is still a great team. A lot of people disrespecting Alabama. I will get into that. And then the MLB playoffs is in full swing. The Phillies beat the Braves in game one, looking to go up two games to zero tonight. The Dodgers got steamrolled by the Diamondbacks. The Orioles are down two games. A lot to get into, along with Hockey, the NHL season is starting on Tuesday, October 10th, which is tomorrow. My Devils play on Thursday and they also play on Friday. So as I probably said on this show, but definitely have said on other things that I go on, such as Com Radio, just in the studio right next to me. This is Com Radio. As always, thank you to Com Radio for letting me use their studio. Uh, this is the best time of the year for sports. The second best time is in June when the NBA and NHL playoffs are going on, but right now is the number one best time. NFL, M- MLB, NBA preseason, college football, whatever you like, whatever you want, sports has it right now. It is amazing. All right. So as I always say, Before I really get into the meat and potatoes of my show, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. I really appreciate you. And I have to shift the tone a little bit. I was very high energy in the first three and a half minutes. I have to flip the tone and say this before I get into the sports talk. To everybody in Israel, my thoughts and prayers are with you. I am Jewish myself. So this does hit personal. I do have family friends that live in Israel. I hope they're all okay. I I haven't personally heard from them. I got to ask my mom. But to everybody in Israel, my thoughts and prayers are with you. It is a very, very dark time because of the Hamas attacks. Not good. Not good at all. Everybody in Israel, my thoughts and prayers are with you. My Jewish people, stand strong. You know, we're going to fight through this. So I have to put that out there. I was planning on visiting Israel in the summer for birthright. 
I uh, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. We shall see, but stand strong. Stand strong. Don't let the Hamas terrorists take down the beautiful country. I know that Israeli army is going to take that take them down. I know it. But it's it's just awful what happened on Saturday. Truly truly is awful. So my thoughts and prayers are with every single person that is being affected. All right. Let's get into the Jets game. Going into the game, I one thought they were going to win and two bet on them to win, told everybody that they're going to win, but the major thing is they needed to win this game. And a major reason why I thought they were going to win this game is because this one was personal. For example, the Oklahoma-Texas game. Oklahoma lost last year 49-0. Dylan Gabriel did not play last year. Did you really think that Oklahoma was not taking this one more personal? Same thing in this Jets game. Sean Payton replaces Nathaniel Hackett as the Broncos head coach and then says that Nathaniel Hackett did one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. Look, even though that may be true, which it's not because Urban Meyer was, even though it may be true, you just don't say that. Because it one is disrespectful towards a coach that has put in a lot of years, a lot of hours, and has done a lot for the league and for the sport. And it's two, just a terrible human thing to say. Totally disrespectful, totally out of line. And from the preseason on, the Jets had this game circles, circled. They had this Broncos matchup in Denver circled. It, it was bulletin board material. And you see it all the time in sports. When one team or one coach or one player says one thing or does one thing that gives another team bulletin board material, that team comes to play with the extra fire. They come to play with the extra motivation. And that is what happened in this Jets game. Look, the Jets did not start this game the right way. But did you really think in the back of their minds, every single coach and every single player was not thinking to win it for Hackett, was not thinking about the comments made by Sean Payton standing on the other side of the field. Of course they were. Bulletin board material. That is a major reason why I thought the Jets were going to win. And one of my keys to the game was to feed number 20. One of my keys to the game was to feed number 20. And I will get to talk about Brees Hall in just one second. Let's start off with the first quarter. The Jets got very lucky. Uh, Marvin Mims, I think is his name, Marvin Mims. He muffed a punt. So the Jets started flat as always. They always start flat. Their offense before this game didn't even score a point in the first quarter, but they got lucky. They punted the ball to Marvin Mims. He muffed it. Jets then got the ball inside the 30, and they kicked a field goal. So up 3-0, right? Wasn't the start they were looking for. You would have liked to drove down the field and gotten a touchdown or gotten a touchdown off the turnover, but they went up 3-0. Next possession, the Broncos go all the way down the field. Jets give up a touchdown, 7-3. to And then this is where the game started getting weird. 
And again, this Broncos game is very similar to the Oklahoma game. A lot of crazy things happen. A lot of turnovers, a lot of just unorthodox play. But just like last week for the Jets, they make the opponent take a safety in the end zone because of a penalty. So the Jets end the first quarter down 7-5. to The offense wasn't there. The defense was kind of there. I mean, yeah, they did make Russell Wilson throw an intentional grounding in the end zone because of the pressure. But I still, I didn't love what I saw from the defense or from the offense, to be honest. So seven to five. Second quarter, Broncos kick a field goal, 10 to five. Jets respond by a field goal. But in the second quarter, you could kind of feel what the Jets were trying to do. And that was run, run, run. Last week against the Chiefs, the playbook was open. Zach Wilson threw the ball more than 35 times because that is that was, you know, the formula. Chris Jones is a great defensive tackle. The Chiefs' secondary is their weakness on defense. Zach Wilson, go do your thing. And it worked. They almost won. They got fleeced by the refs, but it worked in the offensive scheme. This week was totally different. The Broncos are horrible against the rush. So what do you do? You use one of the best running backs in the league that you have, and you pound the rock constantly. And that's what they did. Brees Hall finished the game with 22 rushes. Brees Hall was limited for the first month of the season because he was recovering from that torn ACL. He got four touches against the Cowboys. He got, I I believe I can go back right now. Let's see. He got less than 15. Yeah, he got six against the Chiefs. Nathaniel Hackett says, we're facing a bad Broncos defensive line. Brees Hall dominated last year in Denver. It's his revenge game too, because he tore his ACL in Denver. So he's getting revenge against the field. 22 rushes for number 20. That is a beautiful scheme, and I loved it. And in the second quarter is when you could really feel that coming to fruition because Brees Hall got touch after touch after touch. But in the second quarter is when the Jets really messed up because the first quarter, the second first half ended 13-8. to But at the end of the first half, the Jets bobbled away through at least three points, could have been seven. And I blame that on Robert Sala. And I'm talking about the final drive. The Jets drove all the way down the field, down 13 to eight, and were looking to make it at least a 13 to 11 game. And Robert Sala uses a timeout with, I, I believe it was 19 seconds remaining. He used his final timeout. The Jets then run one more play or two more plays, and they, they have no timeouts and no time to spike the ball, which means they had to go to the second half by not even getting any points on the final drive and leaving the ball at like the 15-yard line. I blame that on the coaching, number one, and on Zach Wilson, number two. Zach Wilson, as a quarterback, has to have more urgency on the field, but I blame that purely on the coaching because I don't understand why Robert Sala used that timeout. In my mind, and I was watching this game with my girlfriend, Abby. When Robert Sala used that timeout at the 19 second mark, I said, I'm not a fan of that. And Abby's like, why? You need to stop the clock. But I'm like, 
I always love to have a timeout in the back pocket right before you kick a field goal because you can avoid a moment like what happened at the end of the first half. And I thought the Jets had momentum. They drove all the way down the field. It was probably their best drive. It was. It was their best drive of the first half. And that momentum completely went away. And it went from the Jets looking to kick a field goal and be within two to the Broncos getting the ball after halftime still with a five-point lead. So that was a terrible moment. I blame that one on coaching. That is a moment that can't happen. And look, the Jets won the game. So it's not a moment that we look back on and say, if they got the three points, then it could have been a different game. The Jets won the game. But that moment at the end of the first half needs to be a learning moment. And it is another learning moment of cutting out the mistakes. Whether it's the fumbles, the interceptions, or poor time management, there has been too many mistakes. Not only in yesterday's game, but in the whole season. The Jets have to fix the mistakes. And you heard Tiki Barber say it. He said, the Jets are a confusing team. They have talent. They make great plays. They have great stretches of football. And then there's just these careless, reckless, costly mistakes. That mistake at the end of the first half was very, very bad. One on the coaching, you got to have more urgency. You got to tell your team, this is what we got to do. Got to spike the ball before a second left or just not take a timeout and then take a timeout right before you kick a field goal. It's also on Zach Wilson. He needs to get everybody ready because I felt like if that was Mahomes on the field or Rodgers on the field, they probably would have spiked that ball with either two or one seconds remaining. Anyway, we go to the second half. And I thought the first drive for the Broncos in the second half was a crucial one because it won. The Broncos were either going to not take over the game, but have so much momentum if they had a good drive because of what happened at the end of the first half or two, the Jets would be able to gain back momentum if they made a clutch stop. And that's exactly what they did. The Jets got the ball back. And right after they got the ball back, Brace the Beast Hall rushes for 72 yards and gives the Jets their first lead of the game, making the game 15 to 13. And that rush was exactly what I think about when I think of Brees Hall. The breakaway speed on this guy is incredible. The vision on Brees Hall is incredible. And Brees Hall is so much fun to watch. Again, 22 carries for 177 yards. 72-yard touchdown was his longest touchdown and his only touchdown of the game. If Brees Hall played in Denver for every game of the season, he would win the MVP. Unfortunately, he doesn't do that. But the way Nathaniel Hackett fed the ball to him and the way that Brees Hall ran yesterday was so great. So great. So we go from a terrible first half ending to now the Jets not only get the ball back, but they get their first touchdown of the game and they have a 15 to 13 lead. And in the second half is when the defense really started to click. And listen, the defense 
in the first half wasn't bad, right? They only gave up 13 points. They gave up 17 points to the Chiefs in the first quarter. So the defense wasn't bad, but it was just like the small things. They were giving up these third down rushes to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson looked like Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson out there. That was frustrating. And, you know, they they just weren't getting those sacks. They weren't as dominant as I thought they had the potential to be. But in the third quarter and in the second half, the Jets' defense took it to another level. The Jets' defense did not even give up a yard, a first down in the whole third quarter, basically for the whole second half. Jets were able to get another field goal, making an 18-13 to 13 game, entering the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, Greg Zerline got two more field goals. He was a field goal machine. And it was a 24, I'm trying to do the math right, 24-13 to 13 game. 24-13, to 13, the Jets' defense finally started to break a little bit. Russell Wilson knew it was go time. Broncos drive down the field and they get the two-point conversion. 24-21 to 21 ball game. All right, Zach Wilson, New York Jets offense. You got the ball. You're up three. You could close out the game. What are you going to do? Well, Zach Wilson is going to throw a line drive laser to Tyler Conklin for a first down. After that pass, in my head, not even in my head, out loud, I said, Zach Wilson, he's turning into a guy. He's turning into a guy. There's no doubt about it. What he did last Sunday against the Chiefs, what he did yesterday before the interception, you could see the progression and the development of Zach Wilson turning into a guy. Third and eight, throws that ball. Jets get about 40 yards. And I was like, that is sexy. But then Wilson makes a mistake. Third down, what do you not want to do in the red zone on third down? Well, two things, Ben. You don't want to take a fumble and you don't want to throw an interception. So one thing, you don't want to turn the ball over. And if you looked before the Jets game started, Jets game started at 425 Eastern. If you looked and watched the Ravens versus Steelers game, the Ravens were up in the game. Lamar Jackson threw an interception in the end zone to Joey Porter Jr. and was a big reason why the Steelers were able to win that game. Flash forward to the Jets game. Jets up three. What does Zach Wilson do? He throws an interception to Patrick Sertan. Now, I know the the broadcast crew was ripping Zach Wilson because the, the ball placement wasn't great. And I totally agree. That ball placement has to be on the outside and it has to be a little lower. But also, I thought Garrett Wilson probably could have caught the ball. And if not caught, if he didn't catch the ball, at least knock it out of Patrick Sertan's hands. So although that is on Garrett, on Zach Wilson, I really would like to see a, a better effort there from Garrett. Anyway, the Jets go from up 11 to now only up three with the Broncos having the ball with more than two minutes left. So 
a situation that when the fourth quarter began, you did not think you were going to be in. Or, or when the Broncos got the ball with five minutes left in the game, you did not think you were going to be in. But the Jets defense, a unit that the whole team prides itself on. The Jets defense is the strength of the team. It is filled with dogs. C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, Quinnen Williams, Sauce Gardner, filled with dogs. What do they do? They force a fumble and they take it to the house. Quincy Williams forced it and Bryce Hall took it to the house. And the Jets secure the victory 31-21. to So I'll start with the negatives here on the big picture. The negatives is they got to cut out the mistakes. Too many penalties, too many turnovers. Zach Wilson's interception not good. Zach Wilson fumbled a little. uh, I think it was twice, but they got the ball back. You're not always going to get the ball back. Xavier Gibson fumbled on a punt. You got to cut out the mistakes. And of course, the first half. Mistakes will lose you games. If the Jets have... Three fumbles, 17 turnover, I mean, 17 penalties, and waste the clock at the end of the first half against the Eagles, there's no way they're going to win. But that leads me into the positives. The positives is that Zach Wilson is continually getting better. I thought he had a good game, not a great game, not a horrible game, another good game, and another big positive is that Brees Hall is fully back in the mix and is fully becoming one of the best running backs in the NFL. And it is beautiful to watch. And then the last positive is that Nathaniel Hackett got his revenge. I started off this whole spiel by saying this game was personal, and it was, because Sean Payton made those comments. And you could see it after the game. Nathaniel Hackett was the happiest man on the sidelines. He got his revenge. Robert Sala gave him the game ball. The Jets go into Denver and get a much-needed victory. It's a good victory Monday, folks. It is a good victory Monday. All right, let's move on to a little bit of college football talk. As I said Another terrific weekend. Maryland kept it close against Ohio State, but in the second half, they got a whopping seven points compared to Ohio State's 27 points as they lost 37 to 17. LSU got back on track 49 to 39. That was a wild game. Oklahoma beat Texas. Boomer sooner. Horns down. That was, in my mind, the best college football game all year. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit on the call. On the call. Cotton Bowl Stadium split at the 50-yard line. Texas on one side, OU on the other side. From the first play of the game, there was yapping. There was hard hits. Just that game on Saturday between OU and Texas is exactly why college football is so amazing. That game had everything. It had turnovers. It had amazing plays. It had a great atmosphere. And it had lead changes. It was a game that came down to the wire. Texas, you ain't make the playoffs. Texas, 
you ain't back. OU on top. UCLA got a win over Washington State. Alabama took down AM. And I said earlier in the show, I got to talk about Alabama a little bit. Alabama used to be viewed as the king crown of college football. It's not anymore. That's Georgia. Alabama last year went 10-2 and two with two losses in the last second, both on the road to LSU and Tennessee. This year, they don't have a good start to their season. They lose to Texas, and they had a terrible game against UCF. Jalen Miller got benched. But I feel like people still think that what Alabama is now is what they were in the first three weeks of the season. And I'll be the first one to tell you, they are not even close to that. Because one Alabama now has a defense that is playing very good. But more importantly, it has a quarterback in Jalen Milrow who is making smart decisions and getting the ball to Jermaine Burton, who is a flat-out stud. So Alabama, a team that a lot of people think, like, isn't good for some reason, beat Ole Miss, beat Mississippi State, and beat Texas A&M. So to all you people that think Alabama is bad and, they, and that they suck, I got news for you. They're still very, very good. The disrespect just doesn't make sense. And I'm not even an Alabama fan. I, I have no fandom towards them. But it just bothers me when people disrespect teams and programs when it's not even warranted. So that's my little rant there. Michigan took down Minnesota by a landslide. Louisville upset Notre Dame. Notre Dame's schedule is atrocious. And by atrocious, I mean literally the hardest college football schedule I've ever seen in my life. Night game against Ohio State, lost in the last second. Night game against Duke, won on the last drive. Night game against Louisville. And then next week, night game against USC. Horrible schedule. And, you know, there comes weeks where your team just has no gas. And that was Notre Dame on Saturday. It was Louisville Super Bowl, and they won. And then how about the USC game? I did not watch it. It was like 2 a.m. But they won 43-41 to 41 in triple overtime. Wow. Georgia beating Kentucky by basically 100 points. That's another team that's getting disrespected. Georgia doesn't make sense. A great weekend of college football. A great weekend of NFL football. Jets won. Giants, I ain't even going to talk about them. The Giants suck. 49ers flex their muscles against the Cowboys. Bengals back on track. Steelers get a big win, like I mentioned before. Patriots lose 34-0, although I bet on the Patriots. I'm very glad that if they were going to lose one way, that they lost 34-0. So they suck. Can't believe the Jets lost to them. And then the Jaguars took down the Bills 25-20. to as I mentioned, the NHL season starts on Tuesday. I have one guarantee for the NHL season. And that's that the New Jersey Devils are going to be very, very, very good. 
and they will win the Metropolitan Division. I'm so pumped for hockey. Baseball. Tonight, Phillies, Braves, Dodgers, Diamondbacks. Just a beautiful time in sports. A beautiful, beautiful time in sports. So, guys, that wraps up the Ben Wasserman Show, episode 56. The main theme of this show was to talk about the Jets. But I hope you enjoyed me dabbling on the other sports. Didn't really talk about the other sports that much, but I don't really want to. I just want to talk about the Jets. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow me on the TikTok machine at Ben the Sports Guy on Instagram at Ben.Wasserman underscore and on Twitter at Ben Wasserman 4. It is a victory Monday for the Jets. Are they going to beat the Eagles on Sunday? Probably not, but I'm going to enjoy the winning feeling right now. Hockey fans, let's go. I'm ready to roll. MOB playoff, guys who still have teams, guys and girls who still have teams, I wish you the best. It's a great time. Enjoy every second. I'll see you next week. Peace.